0: episode of almost better in silence uh i'm your host matt bassett i'm here today with doug the main host how are you how am i or how are the listeners
1: uh you (laughs)
0: i'm I'm, like we care about our listeners listeners. i care about the listeners
1: (laughs) (laughs) but um so what's new for you in the gaming world
0: um actually i have an addendum uh, I'm going to talk about Wedding Escape again, and not Holy for, shit. I know, right? Uh, not for the reason that you think I'm going to. Uh, if, if you are a long time listener, you'll remember that, um, there's been a series of games that I have just not been able to put down, even though they're terrible. Um, the most notable example is Goddess, which I played for a, an unhealthy amount of time before finally realizing how terrible the game was in rage. <laughs> oh
1: um, man. So yeah, I played that a little myself. Uh, I didn't even get too far into it, but it was pretty fun while it lasted.
0: Yeah. And before I get into a rant on goddess, because that's <laughs> the opposite of what any of our listeners want to hear. Um, I have an addendum uh, about wedding escape. So in the last episode that I was on, uh, when we were talking about what games we were playing, I mentioned that I was playing Wedding Escape, and that I'd found a bunch of bugs, and it was really frustrating and annoying, and I wanted to say that since then, I messaged the creator of the game on Twitter, and he sent me an email address, and I exchanged some messages with him, and he asked me what all the problems I was having were, and he uh, has committed himself to going in and fixing some of them. And in fact, uh, the biggest problem that I was having, uh, has actually already been fixed, allegedly. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I, I, I don't want to sort of leave my recommendation as don't play this awful game. Um, the developer is actually really cool and responsive and he just didn't know that these things were problems. And so, um, yeah, credit where credit's due.
1: Definitely. Well, that's, that's good. Um, I personally have been kind of slacking in the gaming, uh, side of things. Uh, the holidays were pretty crazy. Just doing a lot of editing and, uh, getting episodes out because there were so many extra episodes is actually pretty crazy. Um, but what I have been playing is just some more Rocket League as usual, getting my ass kicked online. It's just not fun. If, especially if I play by myself, it's just, it's always a nightmare. Uh, if anyone ever watches the stream, they're very familiar with me just getting my ass beat But I I I, I'm not a bad player, and Kier would attest to that. But uh, I I still just sometimes, especially if I don't have like competent team members, I'm just I'm just fucked.
0: Yeah, it I I tend to be the same way with the the sorts of multiplayer games that I have. Um, normally the the only time I really play any sort of multiplayer games that aren't, uh, I guess collaborative. Is when I have friends over and we'll play like Super Mario, Wii U, or um, Splatoon, or Smash Brothers, or something. And if you're like the best player in the room, it gets old really quickly. Uh, and certainly, if you're the worst player in the room, um, it gets old quickly for everybody else.
1: Okay. Uh, that's a, totally understandable i hope to uh one day play this game called shiftlings i bought it for me i don't know if i bought it for bren too or if he ended up getting it because i had it but uh we never played the goddamn game but it's called shiftlings and it's like this weird uh i think it's over uh, this online multiplayer but two players control like these weird little alien creatures and um the one is gonna have to have his suit like ex- entirely uh filled with some kind of gas, I guess oxygen or whatever, so he can breathe. And then the other one's like a little guy. So you have one massive little character and then one little one. And you can actually, through a tube that you're connected to, send the the gas from one person to the other. And you have to utilize that in certain ways to like get through these levels. It's actually really kind of challenging i did i did remember when i first got it i played it uh one player and by all means that is not a one player game at all so definitely play co-op but it looks
0: really interesting like uh, looking at the screenshots screen sh- sh- god damn it screenshots <laughs> the screenshots of the screenshots. game screenshots uh <laughs> <laughs> looking at the screenshots like it, it i have no idea what's going on but it looks like so much fun like the the Imagery and like the backgrounds and everything that you're jumping on yeah. are all incredibly colorful.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it also has that, like a sort of cartoonish vibe to the characters. It just mm-hmm. seems all around bouncy and fun. I think that's a good review.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it looks really cool. I'll have to check it out.
1: The downside of it is if I end up playing online with someone like Bryn, we're just going to end up trolling each other so hard that we don't get anywhere in the level. Everyone watching is going to turn it off and we're just going to end the podcast. So I'm I'm worried about that, but we're going to try things out. We'll try to get that on a stream one of these days soon. Nice. Oh, speaking of streaming, I actually had a pretty cool idea. And why not run this by you on live air? Yeah, let's Um, do it. I've been having this idea like, oh, if I have an episode in the backlog already edited to go, I'm going to go on the stream and just like stream the episode early. So it just so happens if anybody tunes in, they get to hear something that's not even out yet. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. Um, And I'm also considering maybe I'll do that with older episodes. Like we'll get on a schedule like every other day or something like on our Twitch stream, uh we're streaming our older content. So people that are finding us freshly will c- still get to listen to some of our older stuff. But what this led me to to think is what would be even cooler to do is to have a Twitch stream where we basically just play the entire season of uh, ABTD and to like some kind of like fantasy game. And like it it gives you something to visually stimulate you watching someone play a game. And then the audio is just an awesome story.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I I really like the idea of doing sorts of like live action or in some way even partially recorded. Uh, D&D stuff. So maybe, like, you're playing out the game, but then you've got, like, pre-recorded bits where, um... Like, let's say everybody reads their character backstory and, you know, gets edited nicely, and then, um, you know, periodically throughout the stream over the course of a few hours. Like, you, you maybe go back and play the character backstory. Like, when you're watching a, a sports game, right? Yeah. And you're watching football or something, they have, like, a little, you know, 15-second short about one of the players. Um...
1: I think that would be really cool, especially in that setting, like D&D, like reading off a character. That's perfect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can uh, do that up nice.
1: Yeah. Ooh. And I, I need to announce this somewhere because it's, it's actually happening kind of soon. Uh, we're doing the test run on, let me double check here. I think, yeah, we're doing it this Sunday. Um, or fuck, am I lying? I'm not sure. Regardless, I think the idea is either the 17th of January or the 24th of January Almost Better Than Silence is starting uh, a Twitch stream that is separate from just us playing games. We're actually going to focus it on an offshoot of Almost Better Than Dragons, and it's going to be called Mouse Guard Renaissance. And the idea behind it is Mouse Guard is a role-playing game in the, in the Mouse Guard universe, if anyone's familiar with the comic books by uh, Peterson. But uh in general, it's just like, If you're familiar with Redwall, like the stories about, uh, mice in like a medieval setting and they have abbeys and they like fight snakes and shit. It's gonna be really interesting, uh, but this, the, as I was looking into the game, I was seeing like kind of, Interesting, like, not flaws, but like, I, I just felt uncomfortable. First of all, let me explain. This is my first time DMing any campaign ever. So, like, I'm going into it a little nervous and it's a fresh new role-playing game. So what we've decided is, uh, I've already have the group, uh, together. It's going to be Dubs, Bren, AJ, Kier, and myself, all four of them being players. And nice. we've, all, we've all agreed that we're going to do mouse guard. But with a D20 twist. So it's going to have, it's going to be a homebrew role playing g- game. And I, I have it pretty well established. I'm going to be a really like an asshole of a DM and really give these guys a tough time and have, there's going to be tons of combat and it's going to be insane. Like I hope they don't die like immediately. <laughs> but, uh, I, I have some really cool stuff in store. And it's funny. I just recently today. Uh, picked up one of the mouse guard books because I was like, Oh, let's get some canon going so I can know what actually happened in the story. And as I was reading it, I'm like, Oh my God, this is almost exactly what I had as my campaign. So I'm going to like tweak nice. it, tweak it a little bit, but um, it's, I'm really excited and they have some really cool characters. So yeah, every Sunday, I believe it's going to be around three o'clock. We're going to be streaming for an hour or two of mouse guard. Very cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm, Disappointed that I'm not going to be able to participate, but I'm literally starting a new job that week. So, <laughs> oh,
1: fair enough, man. Yeah. Do you want to talk yeah. about that a little? That's exciting. Um. Or can you? <laughs> I,
0: I, I don't. I don't know if I should. I probably shouldn't. Okay, that's fair. Um. Just Just in case, like I, I, I don't think that there's anything that I can't talk about. But um. Hint. Hint. I don't know nudge. If
1: nudge. Like, He's working at NASA. <laughs> no, I'm kidding.
0: Yeah. No, I'm working at the NSA. <laughs> there we go. Um, I'm reading everyone's email. That's my job. I just sit around and read email all day.
1: Uh, uh, you know all the dark truths about everyone in ABTS and everyone listening.
0: I already knew all of those dark truths. <laughs> I, I I know like half of the people from ABTS from college. So <laughs> yeah,
1: very fair. Um, you know, you have a full assessment of who we are. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm not one to judge. <laughs> I'm not, not much better. <laughs> um, but yeah, let, let me think what else is going on. Uh, been working on Pinecast.
1: Oh my God. Yes, you have. And it's looking <laughs> so good. I've, oh, sorry.
0: Have you seen the updates from today?
1: Uh, today, no, actually. Uh, the last update I saw was the labels and that was pretty impressive.
0: Yeah. So go log out and then go to log back in.
1: Okay currently doing just that holy shit already the login page (laughs) whoa
0: yeah so um whoa just today actually um i so i i think i've mentioned this before so i i have a friend that's a designer and um he's been very gracious to go through and do some sort of like creative explorations uh for pinecast Mm -hmm. he likes the idea and and we're good friends and um he, he's been awesome. And so one of the comps that he made was for a login page and I loved it. And it was infinitely better than the login page that I already had. Um, and it's cleaner and it's a little more colorful and he did a logo. And so I spent uh, the morning today, basically going through and going through and taking all of the, the, you know, little details and bits of imagery and how the typography works and, and, Redoing the login page, the forgot password page, the sign up pages, um, all of the different, like, error boxes and success boxes. And, uh, so I've gone and done that. And, uh, most recently I've been working on getting the header for the rest of the site, uh, sort of into good shape. So on the login page, the header is a little bit different because it doesn't have, like, your little profile picture up there. Um, it's got different buttons. Uh, different, different things like that. So, so I'm working on getting that together and making it look correct across the whole site. And then I've got some more comps for some other things, uh, which I will hold off on talking about for now. Okay. Um, but so I did that and, um, I don't know if you've talked about it or anything on the show, but, uh, I have spent a lot of time recently going through and redoing all of the analytics components. Yes.
1: Yeah, uh, um, I actually didn't mention it on the show, and that's what I meant for the listener when I mentioned the labels update. Like, we now have the ability, like, integrated into our graphs. Uh, we have nodes that represent episodes, and it's like such handy, like, little features. I'm so glad. Yeah.
0: Well, w- one of the things that I have been consistently frustrated with, and I- I've signed up for like, every single podcast hosting service, right? Like I've gone through all of them. And one of the things that's consistently missing is you'll get this excellent graph of listen history, right? And it'll show you, oh, you got, you know, this number of hits per hour or per minute or whatever. And you you have this like amazing graph, but then you have no way of correlating that with what actually happened, right? Right. So one of the problems that you come to me with a lot is you'll say, I don't understand why the number of listens is so high or so low. And I have to go in and basically figure that out because, you know, I don't know off the top of my head what it is and I don't have a graph to look at. So, um, the really manual way, of course, is, you know, you go to every single page for every single episode and look at the dashboard and say like, Oh, how many listens did this one get? And how many listens does this one get? And you write it all down. <laughs> and it like nobody has time for that, yeah. but it, it's a real genuine question that people ask, right? Like they want to know, why am I getting all these hits? Like, did I somehow go viral on Facebook? Is it, you know, a, an ad that I put on on Facebook that that's uh, generating a lot of traffic? Um, who, is actually listening. And so one of the things that's coming down the pipe for Pinecast in the next couple of weeks is better tools for digging into information. And so the first step to that was uh, what you're calling the labels update. So basically what it is, it's, it's your normal line chart that shows listens over time. But then uh, what I did was I put all of the episodes released in that time frame. So if you're on like the 30 day chart, um, it has all the episodes that you've put out in the last 30 days as these little balloons uh, or like lollipops or something. Yeah. And they come up out of the bottom of the graph uh, at the points where you put an episode out. And so you can see exactly when, uh, you know, something happens. So I'm looking at the ABTS graph right now and, there's a little balloon, and then immediately after there's this huge spike, and that's when the Justin McElroy episode went out.
1: Exactly. That, so that was our best episode ever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it actually was, um, which is really cool. Definitely. Um, on the network graphs, have you looked at the network graphs?
1: Uh yeah, uh, actually no, Recently? it's been a little while. I I, okay. I I try to keep up with how life in Overdrive's doing. He he missed a couple weeks, so I'm like, don't become another that's so quiet. But uh, <laughs> at least he knows uh, he's under the gun now. Kier, get your shit together.
0: <laughs> Everybody knows they're under the gun. We we are brutal taskmasters.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but uh, let me check out these analytics for the uh, network now, though.
0: Yeah, so so for listeners that uh. Actually, I don't think any of the listeners would know. Uh, Pinecast has this feature where you can create a network. And basically, it's like a Facebook group, but for podcasts. And so we've got all of the podcasts in the Almost Better network in here. So it's got ABTD, ABTS, uh, that's a Kawhi, Life and Overdrive. Um, Press Continue isn't on Pinecast, so that's a different story.
1: <laughs> uh, th- th- hopefully, we'll convert them, uh, especially if we Soon just enough. tell them it's free because they're on the network. Uh, but speaking of network stuff... <laughs> <laughs> uh, we might uh, be having a new podcast joining the network. I really can't oh, yeah. say anything other than that, but uh, just keep your ears uh, posted. I'm thinking in the next uh, couple of weeks, you guys will have something else to listen to.
0: You know, that's exciting stuff. That's good stuff. But yes, um,
1: as you were saying, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. So um, what this feature allows is basically somebody like Doug or myself can go in and see exactly how many listens everything's getting. And, this can be really useful because for instance on ABTS, Doug might put out an episode and at the end say, you know, oh, and go check out ABTD, we've got a new episode coming out tomorrow. And then I'll be able to see a corresponding jump in the number of listens or subscribers. Um so that's the usefulness of a network. But so with the network it was even tougher because now you have a line chart with like four different lines on it, and you have no way of correlating any of that without these little cues. So on the network chart, uh, it has the same balloons and each balloon represents an episode that went out on a show. And what I've done is color coded each of the balloons to be the same color as the lines. So when an episode of ABTS comes out, it's green. And when an episode of life and overdrive comes out, it's a blue and so on and so forth. Um, th- the other part of this uh, that I improved, having a multi-line chart is like the easiest kind of graph to make because it's, you know you just say like oh well what's the y coordinate for 150 listens and then you just draw a line there um so it in using this over time uh, you know we've had this for 6 months now yes
1: at least uh i feel like just about 6 months yeah. i
0: think we we started switching over in july yeah we had to
1: um, to to beat the uh, signal leaf just th- ending on us
0: <laughs> oh god um so yeah so Um, we've, we've been using this basically the whole time, or as long as it's been in existence. And one of the other problems is that it doesn't really tell the whole story because you have all these lines and some days you'll see a whole bunch of them bump up, but it's hard to know whether it was an actual event or not. So I've added a different type of visualization, which is uh, an area chart. And the difference between a line chart and an area chart is that, um, in an area chart, everything stacks up. So if you imagine you have like something with 10 and another thing with 10 and another thing with 10, um, the first dot would be at 10. There'd be a dot above it at 20 and a dot above that at 30. Yes. Um, and, and then it sort of shades everything in by color. So the nice part about this is that if on a Monday we get a whole bunch of new hits across all of the shows, you can see a corresponding jump across the whole network rather than just on a show-by-show basis. Because if if all four shows get, let's say, 30 listens, that's not really all that notable, right? Yeah. Um, and so in a line graph, you just have a bunch of dots at 30, and it doesn't look like anything interesting. But in an area graph, a stacked area graph, um, you'll actually see that go up to 120 and you'll see, like, oh, well, that's pretty noticeable, you know. Like, there's something happened there. Oh, that's so, so
1: useful and like amazing. Like, especially like just seeing as us grow as a network, this is just going to be really important moving forward. And I, I, I think nobody really has this kind of uh like beautiful analytics available available to them in the podcasting world. And I think a lot of people are going to want it.
0: Yeah, I mean that that's the goal, right? Like, we're, <laughs> I'm sort of scratching my own itch in a way because it's like. I wanna make Amos Better Than Dragon succeed. And doing that what with a blindfold on is nigh impossible. You know, you're just not gonna do it. Yeah. Um so I think it, it takes a little more than somebody saying like, oh, I can host a podcast to, to be able to do it right. So lots of interesting features uh, coming along. I'm adding new types of graphs. I'm adding new ways of sort of shifting around and slicing up the information. Uh, there's going to be some interesting kinds of filters and ways that you can sort of drill down into a, a graph. Um, that's all going to be coming in uh, the next month or so. And within the next couple of weeks, we're going to be finishing up the new design. Um, I'm going to be putting the payment pages in. Um,
1: Ooh,
0: awesome. Yeah. Are we going live so, with
1: that sometime like this year?
0: Yeah. Oh, well, it's going to happen. Um, it's, it is entirely, uh, it's entirely dependent on my ability to get off my lazy ass and just finish it. <laughs> sure.
1: But, um, dude, you're not lazy at all. Honestly, I was just thinking to myself, what, where would ABTS be without Matt Basta right now? I was thinking... What if you just early on in the show were like, "You guys are a bunch of fucktards. I'm out." And like, <laughs> when like, Signal Leaf ended. We would be on Libsyn right now, barely like keeping like a budget together to be like, "Let's keep the show alive." No one's listening. And thanks to you, like, we have like this awesome robust system and I'm just so grateful. And and you also are the reason that ABTD exists and we've been br- branching and doing offshoots of that. So that was an awesome thing to bring to the table and I love doing that show. And honestly, we haven't recorded that in so goddamn long that I like don't even remember my character voice. I know. It's so bad.
0: I I mean, I haven't edited in like forever and the, the next episode is going out um tomorrow. So oh,
1: shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah you guys have probably already heard it if you're listening to this now, but like <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, so i I have to finish up editing this episode and um sort of close it out, and then I'm gonna be like, oh, that's where they were, um, but, yeah, like some of the newer stuff in the later recording episodes, and uh we have a we have a guest I don't know if we talked about having the guest on,
1: um, I think he's mentioned it a few times because he's okay, pretty happy. yeah. It
0: was- So Kier, uh, joined us as a, as a guest on the, on the show and he's been helping play through and we're going to see where that, that story arc goes. Yes. Um, but yeah, like I, I know some of the sort of highlights, um, of the last couple episodes But it, it's really like flown past Like we sat down and recorded for what like Four hours last time
1: Yeah and the first time was I honestly think our first Sit down session was like a good six hours Not obviously of like full content Like yeah but yeah. you know what I mean
0: It it was it was like three and a half hours th- Three hours and 45 minutes of just us Playing D&D and then like two hours Of AJ
1: like watching AJ Falling asleep yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Falling asleep more realistically <laughs>
0: Yeah, like people using the bathroom. <laughs> exactly.
1: Um but that's how D&D really is. So, you can't that, avoid it. That, that
0: actually is how it is, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we we leave all the good stuff in. Um Definitely.
1: Oh, and speaking, I don't know, it's just feels so long since I've talked to you. There's some newsy bits that aren't even probably newsy bits anymore, but let me f- see what uh, is going on. So like, for instance, I saw Bren post in Show Topics on the 31st that hackers get Linux running on PlayStation 4. That's fucking cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty, I mean, it's it's not huge news. I mean, it's noteworthy that it happened. Yeah. Um, Hackers have gone through, and for just about every single platform so far, they, they've gotten some variant of linux or old versions of windows or what have you running on these platforms and i think it's really a testament to the dedication of the community (laughs) to go through you know like this this degree of um complexity really Uh, like when the playstation 3 came out I don't think Sony put a huge amount of time into preventing people from sort of, like, hacking into it and and doing their own sorts of stuff with it. I remember the Air Force for a while was experimenting with, like, racks of PS3s to do some sort of computation.
1: Whoa, Um, interesting.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was more of, like, a PR thing. Like, look at
1: us, we're the Air Force, we have (laughs)
0: PlayStations. (laughs) (laughs) You know, It's like Call of Duty, but real life and with PlayStations. Holy shit.
1: That is amazing. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's cool news. And the, the neat thing about Linux, um, I, really any operating system, but, but getting Linux running on the, the PlayStation 4 is once you are running Linux, you can run anything. Right. Like, if you boot up into some weird environment, like, you might be able to do some things, but you're oftentimes very limited. Yeah. Whereas when you're running in a full Linux environment, you can run any emulator for any game console. You can have a web browser. You can have, uh, you know, any, any sort of desktop application that can conceivably run on Linux. So.
1: Yeah. Overall, impressive, but. Uh, and like yeah. you said though, it, it definitely showcases how dedicated that community is because you have to be uh, to actually go to the measures to get that done. For sure. But, um, and another one, this is, uh, well, I can't really say much about this, but I saw over New Year's Eve, people were furious, uh, over the fact that they got charged hundreds of dollars by Uber and they didn't really know it. But the, the interesting thing is in the article, it's claimed that Uber in the days pre, Prior to New Year's coming, they're like, hey, get your friends to split your bill because it's going to be expensive. And like nobody really paid attention and got all drunk and had a great New Year's and then woke up the next morning with like $322 bill for like, I don't even know, like 20 uh, for a 15 minute ride.
0: Yeah, it. you know. I don't have a lot of sympathy for these people. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. It's,
1: I find it interesting though, and it's just like, uh, well, that's one way to make money. Just jack up the prices on New Year's.
0: Yeah. So here's the thing. First off, you've got to remember that when, you, when there's surge pricing, it, it multiplies the cost, right? So for me to get to, uh, let's say San Francisco, right? Sure. I, I don't live. In San Francisco proper, but I live in the Bay Area and I'm close enough that I'm going to be going there for work every day. If I wanted to take an Uber from my apartment to, let's say, the ferry building, I'm looking at like 70, 80 bucks one way. Okay. And that's considering it's considering what Uber is and what you're getting out of it. That's not
1: unreasonable. Yeah. That's reasonable. Right? Yeah.
0: And if there's surge pricing, right? I physically have to type in on my phone, it pops up and it says, you know, surge pricing is in effect. The multiplier is 2X, 3X, whatever. You have to type that number in and hit confirm to verify that you have in- indeed understood the fact that, you know, there is surge pricing. Uh. So, so there's no surprises there. Right. And so if you're drunk on New Year's
1: Eve, <laughs> they were and it playing pops up, you. They, were, they knew you'd be drunk and just be like, <laughs> eh, whatever, and not remember it. And now you're you got a big hole in your pocket. That's just genius marketing. I, it,
0: what, the, the thing is, like, they they put the quote in there like you can get a fair estimate right there. It is a one tap away. It will tell you what the surge pricing is. You have to physically confirm what the pricing is. And people didn't do that. And it was a surprise. And it was like, I don't understand how you, like, how drunk were you? <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Maybe you deserve, you know, these ridiculous bills. Yeah,
1: I think so. That's, that's my point. Cause I don't know. I, I, but that's a, the sad thing. Cause that's the time everyone is getting hammered. Like personally, I was just, uh, painting Bob Ross paintings with my girlfriend and we're like, Oh, it's 1203. Whoops. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, st- at least I don't have to have a, big hole in my yeah. pocket for uber
0: yeah I, i'm also the kind of person that just didn't do anything
1: <laughs> See, exactly i'm like whatever. you know
0: it, it, I, I i was so salty reading commentary on facebook about it and there was some like human rights activist that's like this is predatory and taking advantage of people in their time of need and i was like <laughs> Nobody needed to go get drunk on New Year's Eve. <laughs> like, there's nobody like holding you accountable to to getting you know drunk off your ass at a party at, on New Year's Eve. Like, you didn't have to do that unless you have like a <laughs>
1: bunch of asshole friends who are like, "Oh, you're not drinking with us, bro."
0: Yeah, and and on top of that, like you're also taking Uber. You're not taking a, a taxi right like if you want to take a, a cab and wait 45 minutes to an hour for it to show up if it even ever does show up <laughs> and then also you get in the credit card reader is broken because the cab rider or the cab driver doesn't want to to pay the the fees associated with credit cards mm-hmm. and also he's on his phone the entire time selling <laughs> something to somebody and <laughs> you know the the whole place smells like puke and cigarettes great like you can do that and pay you know, 50, 60 bucks and your driver will drive around in circles. (laughs) Not that I have a vested interest in transportation, (laughs) but uh, it's, it's like one of these things where like, yeah, it's going to cost you. And I, I have some degree of empathy for these people, you know, when it's an exorbitant amount of money and it's like, yeah, that's sort of unfair. But at the same time, you know, like, what what were you actually expecting? <laughs> yeah,
1: you hit confirm. It's your own fault. Pay the money. Yeah. All right, well, that Speaking was interesting. Speaking of
0: people getting uh, overly excited uh, and un- unhappy about things that are more expensive than they thought they would be.
1: Ooh, I know uh, where this is going.
0: <laughs> let's, let's talk a little bit about the Oculus
1: Rift. Absolutely, yeah. So, it just was launched on January 6th at the price tag of $700. Or six hundred. What am I? Am I off of a hundred? Yeah,
0: it's, it, I think it's roughly six hundred. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, honestly, I heard that it was going to be six hundred dollars, and and somebody was like saying it sarcastically, and I I was like, okay, and they were like, aren't you more upset upset about that? And I was like, N- no. <laughs> <laughs> like, so for the life of me, I can't understand why people are upset about the price tag on this because this should have been something that everybody saw coming.
1: So, yeah, they want this to be in everyone's homes. They don't want it to be like a super niche market that only so many like ho- like pe- rich people can only afford.
0: Right. So there's a few points to why the price is as high as it is. Um, I I don't have some sort of inside source at Facebook, though I wish I did. But this is just common sense stuff. So the first reason why the price tag is so high is that Oculus isn't selling games, right? So when you build an Xbox game, Microsoft can eat a lot of the cost of an Xbox because then they get licensing fees and royalty money from the game developers, right? Mm -hmm. They say, if you want to make an Xbox game and get the tools and software necessary to build it, you have to come to us and then we give it to you for some percentage of the profits on the games. Oculus doesn't have that model, right? All Oculus is, for all intents and purposes, is a monitor, it's a really expensive monitor that you strap to your head, right? Yeah. And so for anybody to build a game that's compatible with Oculus, now certainly I'm, I'm sure that there's some sort of program if you want to use the Oculus brand on your game thing instead of just saying it's, it's VR compatible, you know? Yeah. I'm sure there's a fee associated with that, but that aside, right?
1: It's also, like, I honestly thought the price tag was lower than I was expecting. I thought they were yeah. going to be afraid of, they, since it is such a high-end quality product that they, I, the, the, I feel like they, how do I want to put this? The Fans would feel that it's not as quality if the price is so low. They'd assume, like, oh, why is it so <sighs> yeah. cheap? Yeah, But I don't know. I personally I'm glad that it's affordable. I don't know if I'll ever get one. Hell, I didn't even get a PS4 yet. I'm so damn cheap. But uh I I definitely think it's something I'd be interested in and it's at, at least reasonable now. Like it's like, oh, if I mm-hmm. save the paycheck or like uh, you know, like that's not that hard to just put some of that money towards that.
0: Yeah, it, the, the the other things about the Oculus, it, it's like it is a monitor, right? Like if you want to pay to buy a really nice monitor, like let's say you, you went online and you were getting a, a Dell UltraSharp, right? And you get a 4K display, Dell UltraSharp, you're going to pay like $1,500, maybe more, yeah. depending on which model you get, how big it is. The Oculus Rift is two individual 2K displays in a headset that doesn't weigh a lot.
1: Yes. And yeah, I'm right. sure they made it uh, adjustable for like all head sizes.
0: Exactly. And, and the the sound features and, uh, you know, like all of the machinery that has to go into that and to make it balanced so it's not sliding off the front of your face and uh, to make it look good. You know, both of the screens are 90 hertz, which is, you know, better than 60 frames per second. So already it's got a leg up on most displays. And the other biggest point is that the Oculus isn't like a game console. Right? People are thinking about the Oculus in the wrong way. Yeah. Which is, you know, oh my I could just buy a PlayStation VR. Well, guess what? Your PlayStation VR is going to be useless in two years when they come out with the PlayStation VR two and nobody makes games for the PlayStation VR. Yeah. Right? Your Samsung gear is only as good as the lifespan of your phone because then the next Samsung gear isn't going to be compatible with your old phone or vice versa. Right. And so if you have this mindset of it's just an accessory or it's, it's just a console, you're thinking about it completely wrong. Like the Oculus Rift will be forwards compatible with just about everything for a very long time and building for it because it's relatively inexpensive um, and you know, as far as licensing goes, it's it's very open, or at least I, I could be wrong about that. But I, I'm pretty sure I'm not. Yeah. It, it, if if that's the case, then you don't need to buy a new Oculus every three years or every two years, right? You don't need to buy the latest and greatest one each and every time. If it works and it's great and you like it, you can keep it. And so uh, Oculus has said that the next Oculus Rift is going to be coming out in roughly two years. They announced once. The Rift goes on sale. Um, we've got a two-year clock, and when that counts down, we'll announce the next one.
1: Okay, interesting. Well, that's what I mean. At such a pretty reasonable price, it at least gives you like some like uh, extra cash to put towards like b- boosting up your PC because you're gonna need like yeah. a goddamn monster to even run anything. So that's I think they also put that into consideration when putting a price tag on it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, as far as what you get, it's, I think it's very affordable. Um, but like, it, it's one of those things that, like, when you really sit down and consider what you're getting for the value of it, like, it, it's actually pretty darn good. You know, it, it is pricey. And it, there was an article that came out this past week that said most Americans, uh, couldn't handle a $500 bill. Like, if they got a bill for $500 for their car or their health or whatever, uh, they would effectively be homeless. They wouldn't be able to make the rent. Holy and, shit.
1: That, yeah, that makes which, me feel good it, about myself, but uh, that's, that's <laughs> a horrible conclusion to come to.
0: <laughs> that is, I mean, that's, that's really sad and depressing, but like, unfortunately, that's the case. And I think a lot of people have been like, Oh, well, you know, if. The, the oculus rift is 600 dollars, right like most americans simply can't afford
1: that well let me just put this into perspective i've been having the shittiest start of this year ever because i uh
0: you have i, well,
1: I, I have like this bacteria i'm not going to go too into it because i'm sure the listeners don't want to know but it's in my digestive tract it's actually fairly common but once you get around my age it can start causing problems and my doctor prescribed me this regimen of amoxicillin, lansoprazole and clarithro that there's literally 8 pills a day for 14 days. So like yeah, over 100 pills and goddamn are the side effects kicking my ass. And guess what? So you're paying for over 100 pills. Guess what that all cost me?
0: Uh $600.
1: Close. 520. Oh man! Yeah, so that wasn't fun, and it's for medicine. It's like it's not even like oh, I walk away with something cool. It's like no, I I guess it's going to eradicate this bacteria, but whatever.
0: It's a shame that you don't have one of those cool illnesses, like um, the the bacteria that turns the food that you eat into alcohol. What? Yeah, that's a thing. Wow. There was actually so (laughs) that there is this uh, school teacher that got arrested. Uh, for I I can't remember if it was driving under the influence or if it was um for being intoxicated at school like publicly re- really drunk yeah um and she was trying to get off uh on the claim that she has this disease that converts food that she's eaten into alcohol Whoa. and I was like you shouldn't be allowed to drive if you have this disease and it's flaring up yeah like be being drunk, like it's it's still not okay to be drunk when it's you know, because of a disease you have, yeah, it's not, <laughs> you know it's
1: like I didn't like, actively choose to be drunk, but uh <laughs> I am I mean,
0: ima- imagine if like she had some sort of like uh, issue with her vision or issue issue <laughs> issue with her vision, yeah, right and and she experienced some like moderate blindness when some disease flared up, and like she got into a really terrible car wreck and is like, oh. Uh, I have this disease that causes me to be blind sometimes. Yeah. It's like, well, you, you shouldn't be driving, I agree. right? Yeah,
1: that makes perfect sense. Oh, that's ridiculous, though. I I never yeah. knew that was a thing. That That's actually news to me.
0: Well, um, ask the doctors if it would be cheaper for them to swap the bacteria instead of kill it. Maybe they can, like, give you some new ones and they'll eat the old ones or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Um but and I guess we'll get off the medicine and doctor talk, because that's all boring <laughs> as fuck. Uh, more video game stuff, though. I did see that Final Fantasy IX, like, probably one of my top five favorite games of all time, is coming to PC and mobile platforms. Uh, I am so fucking ready for this. It's, like, overdue. I am so fucking pumped. Um, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know you're not much of a Final Fantasy fan, but, like, uh, uh, most of our fans know that I, that's the one yeah, that I really... No, it, it, I know it's a
0: big deal. Um, I, th- I think the only exposure I've had to Final Fantasy when I was roommates with AJ, um, he played like just all of the video games. Uh, he, he played like a ton of, uh, Resident Evil and Final Fantasy and like his, his PlayStation was just constantly going. Um,
1: I was kind of like that in college. Just a lot of Dark Souls and all that. Or demon souls at the time, I guess.
0: Yeah, I I remember. Didn't you hang out with Dubs a lot in in college? Occasionally, weren't you two roommates.
1: Uh, we uh, I don't remember. We weren't roommates, but we we hung out pretty fairly often. And like, we I remember joining their D D campaign for very briefly. It wasn't my bag yeah. of chips at the time.
0: I remember their dorm room was like the place to be for like video games and stuff. Yes. Oh yeah, because because they had this massive flat screen television, which was like a thing back then. Yeah, we were like the last generation of people to like carry a crt television into a dorm oh my god yeah you're absolutely
1: (laughs) right i've seen that a handful of times at college and i'm it always amazed me because those are just huge
0: yeah so it was like one of the first 40 inch televisions that i would ever seen
1: that actually wound up in our height yeah wait he we did room together that's right uh when we lived in the heights or did he live with us god my memory's terrible
0: yeah i mean it's been like Six
1: years. (laughs) I know. Don't remind me.
0: Uh, Oh, God. We shouldn't date ourselves. But, um, no, it, it (laughs) tying it all back. (laughs) Um, no, I, 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 the problem that I have with my relationship with Final Fantasy, like, I have a deep appreciation for a lot of the lore and some of the story and things, but like, I have no idea what games it's from, right? Like, I don't know which version of Final Fantasy goes with which
1: characters in story stuff? or character
0: yeah okay so like I, I don't remember any like names or anything specific but you know I've I've watched AJ play through quite a bit of it um, and I just have no idea what goes with
1: what so. <laughs> that's understandable uh, I I definitely, if you ever even have the slightest desire to ever start a Final Fantasy and maybe finish it, I would recommend just start with 9. It's just the best story ever told. And like the guy, the creator of Final Fantasy himself is just like, it's my favorite. So I think that speaks a lot for that. But another thing, this is nerdy news, not really video game related, but the Star Wars, The Force Awakens becomes the number one film of all time in the US and it's breaking all sorts of other records. But I think overall avatar worldwide is still the most like uh profitable so i guess they still have to tackle that worldwide i think the star wars craze is kind of more u.s centralized i don't know yeah it, that's what it seems to be but i'm not 100 sure but the fact that it's already outdone titanic and avatar like that's just mind-blowing i finally saw it it was a phenomenal film if any of our listeners haven't seen it yet just go see it it is so good
0: Yeah, I I mean, it's been – the last movie to come out was episode one, right?
1: No, the last –
0: Which was the last
1: one? The the one before this would have been episode three.
0: Oh, that's right. Yes. Okay. Because I remember um, when I was a kid, episode one came out. and I remember I was at a JCPenney's and I was shopping for a backpack. And um, all of the backpacks that were there were all Star Wars episode one themed – and I hated it. <laughs> it's like I don't want—I don't want a Star Wars backpack, but I just didn't have a choice.
1: Oh, dude, I hope you picked the Darth Maul one and just were like super goth about it.
0: <laughs> no, I, we ended up—I th- I feel like we ended up going somewhere else and I bought like just this blue Jan Sport backpack and I had it for like ten years. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's been a really long time since the last Star Wars movie came out, right? Yes, and.
1: And honestly, all the fans found the original uh, – not I don't want to say original. Uh, the the first three movies to be the most, like, goddamn annoying. And, like, it didn't live up to the Star Wars feel. So uh, yeah. I even remember hearing on Life in Overdrive, he did, like, a, a spoilers episode of the new Star Wars movie. And he said uh, – Oh, shit, I forget what he said. But and regardless, it, it just – it has an amazing – it, like, makes you feel like you're home again. AJ said that, too. I
0: was going to say, like – I was watching, um, one of the, the older Pixar movies the other day, and I was remarking on, like, how terrible
1: the graphics were. Ooh, which you know, one? Like the, you have to tell me.
0: I don't even remember which one. Okay. Like, it, it was over Christmas, and it was just something that was on TV. Um,
1: A Bug's Life.
0: It's it, something like that, right? Um, and I was thinking about, like, how, like all the direction, the, the directional lighting is just like so poorly done and the shadows look like crap and, you know, things that glow don't really give off light and, you know, like all sorts of weird things that, you know, used to be in video games for a long time and whatever else. And just in, you know, roughly 10 years, the amount of complexity in, in the graphics and, and how good things look now, right? Like what's the, the is it a disney movie um with the 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 girl that's th- an emotion um you know what i'm talking about oh,
1: no i'm not familiar with much of the disney I, don't even know. I i
0: i forget the name of the movie but uh is it inside out okay it was something like I've that. i've
1: heard of it anyway
0: I yeah so it, the the main character is a light source in the movie like as she walks around like she lights the area up what um yeah, and uh, there's a really interesting video that you can watch from Pixar where they talked about how they actually did that because you can't just have like one single point of light that emits, uh, light that bounces off of everything because it's not just one part of the character that gives off light. It's the entire character. Um, and so just the ability to do stuff like that or the ability to do proper ray tracing that, you know, looks great at 4K. Uh, Or higher, for that matter. Yeah. You know, all of that technology has come in the last five years. And, you know, the last time we had a Star Wars movie has been far before that. And all of the old Star Wars movies have, you know, for their time, the the top-of-the-line graphics. Right? Yeah. George Lucas invested so heavily. And so when you look at these new Star Wars uh, scenes and you really – sort of dig into them and look at how they were done and, and all the CGI and the effects. I mean, you can hardly distinguish what parts are CGI and what parts are real life. Like what, where did they actually put makeup on someone versus when did they just create a 3d model? Um, and George Lucas is notorious. There was a great thread on Reddit the other day. They're talking about how George Lucas would actually take multiple cuts of the same scene and, And edit them together in parallel, so you'd have like a character on the left-hand side of the screen and a character on the right-hand side of the screen that are acting together. But it was filmed in two different takes, and they Uh combined the footage, nice and like blended the yeah. And like I'm looking at this, like oh my god, that's insane. (laughs) But I mean, you think about what they must be doing now, and and the complexity of you know how they film all this and how all the shots work. And it, it really is magical. Like, it, it, that's one of the reasons why I would say it's probably one of the highest grossing movies because, Absolutely. you know, the the early 90s when some of these movies happened, you know, people saw it because it's like, wow, that, you know, knocks your socks off. But now it's at such a, it is the pinnacle. Well,
1: that, that of- even goes back to like the original uh, four, five, and six in the seventies. People were blown away by that. They had no idea yeah. what to expect going into episode four of something. Like they're like, "What the fuck am I?" And like, I remember just some of the graphics. Like obviously they used little models for like the star destroyers and stuff. But it just so is so convincing for that time frame. And I agree mm-hmm. that it's it's pretty miraculous how far we've come in a short amount of time. And By all means, it is such a high grossing film because by the end of that movie, my jaw was dropped. It was just, it was so, it's, it's hard to distinguish what is real and what's CG. You're absolutely right. It's, it's that convincing and it's, it almost makes you believe like you had to be in a galaxy far, far away to even film something like that or else it's not possible. So that feat is, I give JJ Abrams all the credit in the world. Although I will kind of say, and I'm, everyone knows this, but like he basically, based the plot of this new Star Wars film off of the existing, uh, A New Hope, episode four. He, it's all so similar to that that it's extremely comparable. So I think he took an existing successful formula and tweaked it a little bit and made it his own. And, and no wonder it was so successful because it, like I said, existing successful formula.
0: Yep. Um, the other thing that, that's interesting, it, you know, I feel like his hands were maybe a little bit tied in, into doing something like that because as soon as you have a movie where you sort of deviate from what the the viewer expects, maybe not, you know, scene for scene, what they expect, but sort of the overarching, you know, like you said, formula, you, you start to introduce dissonance, right? And people start thinking about it and it breaks their immersion. Um, maybe, maybe that was a, a calculated choice in, in the sense that maybe JJ J. Abrams was like, Hey, you know, I don't want to go too crazy and maybe introduce some concepts that people, you know, aren't fond of, or um, you know, have plot devices that maybe require people to to think harder about it. And you know, he just wanted people to to focus on making sure their immersion was, you know, where he wanted it to be. And and because uh, certainly, like that, that's the whole shtick with Star Wars, right? Like immersion.
1: Yeah. And I definitely think it was like he, he knew about it and going into it and he, he, he tailored it for every Star Wars fan to walk out of there being like, wow, that was fucking awesome. So good job on him. And, uh, it's actually interesting. I don't want to say this isn't really a spoiler by any means, but the internet has obviously. Uh, taken things in the Star Wars universe out of context many times and have all the sorts of weird fan theories about where this is going. Uh One notably being that Jar Jar Binks is the most uh, powerful Sith of them all, which is absolute bullshit, but it's really funny and <laughs> a total troll thing to say. But the one that I just heard today, I saw an article that people are believing in, is that Darth Vader is actually, uh, the Emperor Snokes or whatever is the new, the big new evil bad guy that's basically replacing Emperor Palpatine. Uh, I forget his name, something Snoke or Snopes. Uh, there's, they're claiming that that's Darth Vader. And I'm like, no, that's like not fucking possible because Darth Vader died at the end of episode six. It was very blatant to the point that they, at the end of the movie, they even show his goddamn ghost his force ghost standing next to Obi-Wan and Yoda so it's like that solidifies in canon in the Star Wars universe Darth Vader died that day there's no way that this person is some like mutant like formation of Darth Vader and it also kind of completely clashes with the whole uh, character of Kylo Ren who is trying to live up to Darth Vader but yet he serves Snoke and it's just like you're not serving the person that you're looking up to because the person you're looking up to is dead but anyway sorry rant (laughs) (laughs)
0: No spoilers.
1: (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, Well, I think we can end this one kind of soon. Do you want to do some plugs quick?
0: Um, Well, by the time you listen to this, there'll be a new episode of Almost Better Than Dragons. You should go listen to that if you haven't already. We took a bit of time off for Christmas break and we put out episodes every two weeks. So, uh, the 9th of January is when the episode I'm talking about goes out. The 23rd of January is when the following episode. And then, uh, the 6th of February is when the next episode after that will go out. So, uh, go and have a listen to season two. Um, we've. Certainly had a blast doing it. Oh and gosh, it's my it's favorite. Been so before. much fun to edit.
1: Definitely, yeah. been a, a whole lot of fun. I really hope we get around to recording that again sometime soon. Because uh, yeah, we're,
0: I, I have to schedule it with you guys.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll get that going. Um, also, listeners, if you're like, oh, two weeks is too long. Well, luckily, starting soon, we'll be doing our mouse guard thing on Twitch. So Twitch.tv/slash/abt silence every Sunday at three o'clock Eastern Standard Time. We will be doing an offshoot of ABTD, basically just the gang playing as a bunch of mice fighting off crazy creatures. So that should be fun. Um, Other than that, yeah, go check out our Twitter and Facebook. uh, And if you have the, if you have the time, please give us a rating on iTunes. It would help us tremendously. But um, yes, is there anything else you want to say?
0: Go to, go to iTunes rate us <laughs> review us we haven't got to rating
1: it's so long i know it's actually been pathetic i, I almost wanted to be like okay. let's let's have a contest the first person that does that gets an oculus from us no i'm kidding <laughs> 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 we cannot afford that but if it uh gives you the incentive to go give us a rating please do but um thanks so much for listening to us guys ran about all sorts of weird shit but uh we will be back next week
0: yep see you later